I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton. I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this. That's the plan. Hey, how you doing, podcasts? Adam Buxton here. Very nice to be with you again. I hope you're still enjoying some of the summer. Hope you have been able to enjoy the summer. I'm currently in France. I'm on holiday with my family. Uh, I'm sat on a wall near an old outbuilding in the middle of the countryside. I'm surrounded by vineyards and it's the evening of the day. The sun is going down, beautiful sunset. But listen, before you get too jealous, here's a recording I made this morning when I stuck my head out of the window of the old house we're currently renting. This is what it sounded like. Yeah, we've had a few days like that, to be honest. I'm not complaining. It's all gravy when you're on holiday. I mean, you know, there's some low-level family tension when everyone's inside and you have to start doing the lecture about spending too much time on the devices and you start trying to get everyone enthused by playing word games and they're not enthused at all. But on the whole, it's great. I love France. I love holidays. Um, I'm happy. There's also actually, now that I think of it, there's been quite a bit of intrigue with sewage pipes that we've had. Um, several days have been characterised by meetings with sewage engineers, that kind of thing, and trying to understand what they're saying in French. My wife, my wife, is better at the French than I am, but still. I'll tell you a bit more about the sewage situation at the end of the podcast, if you're interested. Right now, let me tell you a bit about episode number 78. This is a bit of an unusual one, but I thought I would put it out as a summary bonus for you because I have been on a, a quite a long break. I'm doing bits of writing and I intend to come back on a regular basis in October of this year, 2018. Uh, there'll be weekly episodes from um, early to mid-October. But yes, I thought I would put this out. There was a few people asking, when are you going to put out the end of the road podcast that you did? Um, so the deal is that this episode features a couple of shortish conversations recorded in front of an audience, uh, open air audience, with Australian comedian Laura Davis and the Canadian musician Mac DeMarco, both of whom were performing last year, 2017, at the End of the Road Festival, which takes place in Dorset's Llama Tree Gardens. Regular listeners will have heard me talking with comedian Bridget Christie at End of the Road in 2016. On that occasion, we were being heavily pelted with rain in a small woodland clearing. On the next occasion, 2017, which you will hear today, we were in a larger woodland clearing with a nice big crowd of podcasts and beautiful weather on the Friday afternoon before Mac DeMarco played his headline show. So what could go wrong? Well, you'd have to ask the end of the road technical team that day who discovered at the end of our session that they had recorded none of it. These things happen. 
It was very frustrating. I was quite angry, but I calmed down and had a lovely, lovely weekend. What you'll hear today is an attempt to rescue as much as possible of our session from the bits of the show that I recorded on my handheld dictaphone. And I was using it for sort of intermittently recording crowd ambience, you know, like crowd noise that I could then perhaps edit into the podcast. Uh, And so for that reason, most of the conversations that you will hear are obviously off mic. But I found that if you listen on headphones, you actually get used to it quite quickly. And from time to time, you feel as if you're really there. I swear to you. So close your eyes and imagine that you're sat on a hay bale in a sun-dappled forest clearing in Dorset, surrounded by the cool and attractive young people that listen to this podcast. Ooh, look at them. From time to time, the sound of left-field music drifts across from a nearby stage, and then out onto the small platform at the bottom of the gentle slope walks a diminutive hairy man in his late forties. He resembles a handsome caveman in a baseball cap, or Saul from Homeland, also in a baseball cap. He reaches down to his laptop and fires off a jingle. And you and your fellow podcasts, because you know all the words, sing along. Here we go! Rabble chat, let's have a rabble chat. We'll focus first on this, then concentrate on that. Come on, let's do the that and have a rabble chat. Please welcome onto the stage Laura Davis. Thank you so much for coming along. Thanks for having me. I've never met you before. We well, we haven't, so no. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at the list of comedians that were going to be appearing at the festival this year. Yes. I uh, looked at a few YouTube videos, and I liked yours the best. Ah, yes. I just liked your face, Laura. Is that okay to say? Yeah, on I think the it's. YouTube I videos? mean, it's a bit useless on a bloody podcast. But... Maybe I should paint a word picture. Yes. Laura is young. She is a lady. And, I mean, I'm assuming she's a lady. Uh, we'll make a lot of assumptions here. Well, she looks like what we in the old days used to call a lady. She looks nice. She has smiley eyes. She appears to me Caucasian. Yes. I can tell from her accent that she's non-British. Definitely. I'm guessing Australia. Yes. Western Australia. Yes. Perth. Yes. Look, I feel like maybe you knew that before. Wow, well, you did say. Yeah. You've just been in Edinburgh. Yes. Uh, and how was that? You got some nice reviews there. It was lovely. Uh, I'm going to let you all in on a big secret. I've never left Australia before. Really? It's my first time out of my own country. Whoa. And uh, yeah, everything is new. You have stinging nettles here. That is bullshit. You, you go on, all oh, Australia's full of dangerous animals, crocodiles, spiders. I would swap them all to not deal with stinging nettles. <laughs> 
You haven't got stingy nettles. We have them. We have different kinds, but they're all in kind of North Queensland where you wouldn't go anyway. <laughs> Your woods are protected by the the woods. <laughs> there's mild ones and there's really bad ones yeah. as well. It's like I think it's like tea. And I don't know what they look like. I just know they exist. So I just assume anything green is a stinging nettle. That's it. That's a bit racist. <laughs> but did you know that you can deactivate them by just gripping them harshly? No. And um, one of the things you can do to uh, deal with a nettle sting after you've got one, dock leaves were the things mm -hmm. that my parents always say, oh, get a dock leaf, they usually grow near my parents. Yeah, but then to find them, you've got to go back in the nettles. Yeah. The whole system's flawed. Yeah, that's true. Can you be my joke doctor for a second? Sure. Alright, here we go. So I come on and I say, uh, my daughter's nine years old, but I still try and read to her at bedtime whenever I can. This is all true, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she loves historical stuff, also true. Right, and this what you is, know. Yeah. This is one that we're reading at the moment. Uh, way back in late 1956, three countries were up to invading Etrix. They went into Egypt to grab a canal from Abdel Nasser, first name Gamal. <laughs> it's a bit of Dr. Sewers. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they really loved it. It's a slow burn, but yeah. one... Those nettle jokes. Exactly. <laughs> it's got a good hook. Doctor <laughs> Do you have jokes? Do you do jokes, or do you just talk about stories in your life and things like that? I do. I do jokes. Yeah. Uh, like when you meet. The, the Pope goes to a fancy dress party. What is he? A blessing in disguise. Nice. <laughs> Did you I make wrote, that one? I wrote that one when I was ten. Ten. <laughs> That is and then I didn't write any more for ages, and then I went into, you know, professional performing. I mean, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. At 10 as well. 10. You're all washed up after dressing yeah. in disguise. All right, I feel like I want to give you another one of mine. Line yeah. up another one of yours. All right. Okay. What's the drug of choice for the enlightened comedian? Wisecrack. <laughs> Really good. I mean, it's it's no blessing in disguise. No, it's not. But it's quite good. <laughs> this this is this good comedy technique to analyse and then rate your own jokes very highly. <laughs> it's only good for the ego. It's what Bill Hicks used to do. I'll give that a five star. <laughs> Classic Hicks. Um, you got to come back now, Laura. Uh. Why did the dolphin cross the road? Is this another original? Mm hmm I don't know. No porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a story. Yeah. <laughs> it's crisp, like a lettuce. You're gonna make a film out of it. Are those jokes in your set, currently? Mm. The Pope one is there. If the audience annoys me, then I start doing one-liners until they, uh, they succumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your show is called Cake in the Rain. It was, yeah. Is that inspired by the song MacArthur Park? It was. It was more coincidence than that. But I do. I do know the song. I do like it. I was struggling to name the show, and I said, "Yeah, I need something that, that you know, I'm I'm dark, but it's uplifting. It's sad, but it's it's 
shunning, uh, sunny at the same time. Mm. I, I have a bit of a, a speech stutter sometimes, a bit of an impediment, and uh, I'm just passing it off as Australian. Over here, it's great. <laughs> I, I fuck up my words in Australia all the time. People are like, oh, you talk a bit weird here. They're like, oh, that must be oh, it. Sh- uh, <laughs> oh, she's Australian. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, say, we say shunny instead of sunny. That's what we do. Cake in the rain, though. Yes. The quintessential Laura Davis. And do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 29. 29. So you've made it past the dangerous hump, which is 27. Yes, apparently that is the danger. Is anyone here in the danger year? Ah, danger year, apparently. It is tough. That's when the rock stars check out. Yeah, it's mostly very talented people, though. Yeah. I felt like I might have been safe. I just made sure I did real shit work a couple of years ago. <laughs> then you're going to step up your game. Yeah, put out a couple of stinkers. <laughs> That's the way to do it, isn't it? Get past 27 <laughs> and then start really working hard. Mm. Yeah, that's the way to do it. clear the hurdle. That's the way I'm doing it as well. So, but um, are you, I mean, uh, not to do too much of a tonal swerve, but are you a sad person? <laughs> I've, I've managed a uh, depression for, for years and years. Um, How so, long has that been something you've had to deal with? Um, I presume, I imagine it, it gets blurry the younger you go, but probably since I was about 16, 18, uh, was when, uh, you don't notice when you're at high school because it's so bleak anyway. Uh, <laughs> you just assume it will get better like all the ads tell you it will, and then you leave and you go, oh, no, maybe we fix this. And what did it feel like for you, though? When did you start thinking, hmm, is this, is this normal? Or is it, as you say, like, where did you start suspecting it wasn't normal? Well... Normal in inverted commas. Yeah, well, I never... I think I think it was when I was 18 and I was at university and everybody else was planning out their lives and I had not uh, and not and oh, I just don't know what I want to do I just hadn't planned ahead and when I did it was quite bleak I would plan I couldn't talk to anybody uh, I would order a ticket on the bus and that would be my one conversation for the day. I had such terrible anxiety, I couldn't talk to anybody. Um, Were you living at home at the time? Yeah, I was living with my mum and my dad, so I would say goodbye, uh, enjoy your day. One bus ticket, please, and then that would be the end of me for the day. I would go to uni and and study. Uh, But I had kind of, when I realized it was a problem was when I realized that I had planned out my entire life around that, and so I had, in my head, planned out a life where I would not have to speak to anybody ever, or meet anybody, or go outside. Well, how did your life look then? How was, uh, what, what did that plan look like? Get my degree, get a job, find a small studio apartment that I could afford to live in, and then try not to leave it as much as possible. Uh, and when you're looking at that at 18, you know, the average human lifespan for a, a lady is about 82, I think. You know, you've got a bit of time ahead of you in that apartment. So that was when I realised that there was something wrong where people were kind of like, oh, well, what were you doing? I'm like, well, I've got it planned. Uh, we'll be in that apartment. And did, but did you always feel sort of uncomfortable and anxious talking to people, or was it something that kind of crept up on you? Was there, there, there weren't any specific incidents that, that triggered this, were there? Or? Uh, I don't know. I was... As a, as a kid, very, um, it, it sounds so pretentious to say, but just very aware, just, I couldn't go to school without seeing the institutional 
bubble around the school. Mm. Like I couldn't you could it see was, the matrix. Yeah, like I've always been able to see the matrix, I guess. Mm. And uh, you know when when they say for comedians to imagine the audience in their underwear, uh, I go a few steps, but I just see skeletons. <laughs> skeletons made out of atoms that are billions of years old uh, that have been other skeletons previously. Yes. Uh, it's a cyclic. Yes, <laughs> Robin Hitchcock sometimes refers to audiences and people as just carcasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sometimes find myself looking at people, particularly people with quite a distinctive face, and, and I can see clearly how they will age. Do you mm. get that? If I get very stoned, yes, I <laughs> can see through time. Yeah, it's a weird thing to, to see a young person, and then you can you can just imagine the devastation of time. You can see, you can see it in a in a baby. Yeah. So you know how yeah, you can go forwards and backwards. Infant, infant baby looks exactly like that person will look like at age eight. It's weird. It's true. Yes. Do you have children? No. 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 Um, but you can really see it. The, the, the look my second born gave me when he was first out of the womb, just look, looked up at me and gave me a look of utter contempt. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not that that totally defines uh, our relationship now, totally. <laughs> but it's there are moments when that it, that is there. It's so weird. It's like it's, I can see in it there. day one, hour, minute one. Just like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to ask a, a, a lady comic if you have kids, because the kind of standard throwaway line that uh, most male comics do is, oh, "Do you have kids?" Well, not that I know of, but if I do that, then I'm very irresponsible. <laughs> you, my little brother, did when he was about eighteen months old, had only just started to talk. He was crying, inconsolable one night and uh, we were kind of cuddling him like oh what's wrong it's all right and he was like I want to go home I want to go home and like, hey you are home look it's your bedroom it's just your bedroom he goes no I remember <laughs> yeah, just throw him against the wall <laughs> it's terrifying wow. oh right I can go play with your dolls and have a nice time <laughs> Do you want to go back in the womb? It's <laughs> an unpleasant image. Just pushing a baby. Anyway. And so, what were your parents... Do you mind me talking about this? I mean, it's, a bit, it's weird, obviously. It is about, a bit weird, but yeah. You know, it's, it's so, were your parents nice, though? Were they, were they worried about you? And uh, yes, they were worried. What would they say to you? Oh, I had one argument with my dear, sweet, lovely mother uh, because she had signed me up for a scuba diving class so I could make friends, and I was trying to argue that is, that is the hardest way to make friends. <laughs> you are underwater <laughs> with a tube in your mouth. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you won't have to talk to anyone. I was like, well, touche. <laughs> she probably read the phrase buddy breathing and thought, oh, yeah, this is perfect for Laura. So, yeah, they were. They did their best, in other words. Yes. <laughs> How are you finding. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in uh, trite comparisons, uh, culturally <clears throat> speaking, between mm -hmm. Australia and the UK. You introduced me to a phrase I'd never heard before, mm -hmm. an Australian phrase, I guess, for the act of fellatio. Uh, a gobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buddy, chucking the gobby, love. <laughs> That's not how we say it at all. <laughs> chucking the gobby. That's a good phrase. It is. 
Uh, is that considered absolutely beyond the pale in Australia? If you, in a romantic moment, <laughs> chatted about a gobby? I, I use it in the joke. There's, there's a joke on my... I think that one is only up on my Facebook page. Um, if, you, if you were listening and want to... Uh, gobby or shark. Gobby or shark. Uh, and I, I needed a word for blowjob that was ridiculous. And that is the one that I, I chose. Gobby. <laughs> gobby. I mean, it just makes me think of Harry Potter's elf friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he does in his spare time. What? That's not cool. That is not okay to say about Gobby the house elf. <laughs> is there such a thing as cultural differences these days? Everywhere seems more or less the same it in is, the world. But... It is interesting because uh, Australia imports so much of our culture from America and from the UK. So we're kind of that hard. We do have a, a strong national flavour, mm -hmm. uh, but but so much of what we see on television, you know, uh, you imagine the disappointment of a young Australian child realising that it does not snow at Christmas oh. when 100% of your media tells you that it does. <laughs> and yeah, we, so, you know, our Christmas specials are all English and, and American. And mm. uh, so I don't think that I get the culture shock here. In Edinburgh, I did find that the bus drivers were very nice and the shopkeepers are cunts. Uh, in Australia, other way around. Bus drivers mean as fuck. Shopkeepers, very nice. That's, so that's my one observation so far. You should open with that. Um, I saw a picture of you at Leighton Live in Edinburgh, mm. the, the real Bear Pit gig. Oh, that was my favourite, yeah. How was it though? I love a rough gig. That's my favourite really? type of gig that I can do. Is one that there's a risk of an actual physical fight. Uh, have you? Has it ever come to pushing and shoving? One guy asked to see my tits once, and I slapped him in the face with my boob. Uh, <laughs> and there's also, so everyone was happy. I <laughs> oh no, there, there's something quite threatening about. <laughs> I, I've noticed that sometimes just my, my relaxed level is quite threatening uh -huh. to people, just this, because I just see skeletons, I just don't care, uh, and I think they can kind of get that sense of, I will stop the show, I will drag you out, I will spend 25 minutes making fun of you, and uh, I'm not... <laughs> worried yeah because like, what's the worst that happens we're all going to be dead soon anyway and it is that attitude that you win a fight with that attitude yeah. <laughs> you're playing a long game yeah there's something that i would quite often if people people did any sort of kind of sexist you know sh sh there's little lines you can do because like oh show us your 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 tits you're like well i'll get new but if you want to see a cunt look in the mirror you know little zappy like ones it. but there's also stuff if you just go well there they are now what now what? What does that mean? Now you see my tits, now what? Have you done that before? Yeah. Whoa. What does it mean? And they go, oh, we didn't know. Actually, we, we hadn't thought this through. So, yeah, but then we're made of cells, you're made of cells. Uh, have a look, do you? That feels like a good place to wrap things up.
I have no idea if my second guest is actually here or not, but he is. Please welcome Matt DeMarco. Nice to meet you, Matt. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Isn't this weird? It's a weird uh, world where you meet people in this in this type of way. The first time in front of, uh, I'm going to say, 2,000 people <laughs> in a woodland clearing. That's okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. You're probably quite good at estimating crowd numbers. What, what sort of size of crowd would you say this is, in fact? Yeah, 15, 20 grand, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 20 grand. Yeah. She's going in for the grand. Are you on a, a big old tour at the moment? This is, this is the last show of, a, of a month uh, abroad, so I'm cooked, yeah. <laughs> you look all right. You look, you look sprightly. Showered in the village over there this morning. Yeah. Well, not bad. Do you take care of yourself on the road, Matt? <laughs> Matt is indicating no. <laughs> you are, now you are 27. I am, yeah. I was talking to Laura before about how that was the dangerous hump to be uh, gotten over for every creative person, not just creative people. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Does this feel like a watershed this year? Uh, yeah. I'm trying not to think about it, yeah. <laughs> Am I picking away at a, uh, a, a potentially gaping wound of neurosis and anxiety? Hey, Mac, are you okay to play a little bit of music for us? Sure. Oh, great. Well, so, if you want, right? I think everyone would love that. Would you be okay to play you know, a couple? Yeah, whatever works, yeah. Will you play one for us now, and then we'll talk a little bit more, and then maybe you play one more before we say goodbye? Sounds good. All right, great. Uh, so, we have a guitar over here. I'm assuming this is for Mac. <laughs> Oh, that's not in tune. Anyone got a pick? Come and, come and transport it to the stage if you could. Hello, sir. What's your name? Uh, Zeb. Zeb. Hi, Zeb. Hi, Thank you very thank much. You, Zeb. We'll get it returned to you. <laughs> what should I? What do you want me to? It's a summery afternoon. Everyone's mad for it. <laughs> Most of the crowd are drunk out of their minds. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a song for you, which is an oldest song, which is a love song for my sweetheart who's back in Los Angeles right now. That's where I live. And uh, I hope you enjoy yourself. <laughs> Still be 
YouTube like music stuff, interviews with people that you admire and things like that. Yeah, I've done. And have you seen that footage of Lou Reed being interviewed in Australia when he gets to Australia, does a press conference? Oh, and he's just not having it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and they, all they want to know is like, so Lou, um, you, you talk a lot about drugs. Do you like? Do you think everyone should take drugs? And he's just going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good, I think it's a good model to, uh, you know. Why not? <laughs> so I thought maybe I would um, interview you a little bit like one of those types of uh, <laughs> journalists. Okay, as if it was back in the day. <laughs> um, I won't do this for very long, but let's see how it goes. <laughs> maybe I'll be Australian as well. Sure, yeah. So, Matt. <laughs> you built up quite a reputation for being something of a party guy party boy, kind of party mad, party monster man? No. 
<laughs> but you do mad things on stage. You, you take your shirt off. You just you, you, you do crazy things. No. You talk about smoking in your songs you, and drinking and taking drugs. No. Are you finding it tough to live up to this party guy image? Yes. Is that true? <laughs> Let's transform that question into a real question. Sure, yeah. Is it like a, a bit of a millstone for you? Are you reaching the point now that you're, you're sort of crossing over in a lot of places, a lot more and more people know about you, they're aware of what you do, but uh, you are accompanied by this image that is about like, hey, party guy. Yeah. And it, does that cause problems for you though? And, and do you feel like, oh man, I've got to rethink this? Um, I think the only problems that it causes are like, you know, the deterioration of my body, my mind, <laughs> my soul. But uh, I mean, you know, I like to have a good time. You know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, you got to real. You know, when I'm home, I'm just all about the TV and the couch and and the hot chocolate and the cuddling and, and the calmness and the, uh, you know. So, and that's what's waiting for you. In a couple of days, you'll be back, will you? Yeah, for five whole days in another month. <laughs> oh, man. And you're out on the road again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Um, Matt, you sport a gap between your teeth known as a... Yes. Diast diastema or diastema? What? <laughs> Is that like the scientific term That's the name for it, yeah. I didn't know that. I'm going with diastema. Okay. Plural diastemata. Mm. <laughs> Although, why would you need a plural? <laughs> That would indicate there were gaps between all your teeth. Maybe some people, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so, famous diastema faces. Mm. Lara Stone, the model. Right. Elton John. Yes. Fitty Scent. Oh, yeah. That's what softens Fitty. Yeah, Fitty. He's cute, too. He's real cute. He yes, he is. Yes. He's got a sweet smile. Yeah. And it's because of the diastema, I think. Yeah. He also got like shot, his smile got shot like eight times or something, too. Right? Right. Pretty good smile for getting shot in the face eight times. They shot him till he got sweet. <laughs> Vanessa Paradis. Right, uh, yeah. Be I'm just, there's about 70 names I'm going to go. Beatrice Dahl from Betty Blue. Yeah. Did you ever see that film? No. Mate. <laughs> Get it together. I'm sorry. Do you not like watching films? Uh, I mean, I do, yeah. I guess that one just, you know, kind of slipped past me. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't let that one slip past you. What was the last film you saw? Ooh. Uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. <laughs> And yet Betty Blue slipped past. <laughs> You've got some priority issues. How was uh, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, for Mac DeMarco? It was great. It was like the fourth or fifth time I've watched it on this tour. And, uh... yeah. What's the best bit in that film? <laughs> it's a, it's a okay. absolute train wreck. <laughs> that know. might be the worst one of the whole lot. Yeah, but I appreciate it for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've nearly finished the diastema section. <laughs> Ray, Ray Davis. Oh, yeah. Seal. Oh, yeah. Elvis Costello. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Terry Thomas, do you know who he is? No. He's a, uh, he's a British actor. He played Cads and Bounders. <laughs> if you needed a Cad or a Bounder, at a certain point, Terry Thomas was your guy. I'll keep that in mind, yeah. And David Letterman. Oh, yeah, that's true. Dave's cute as well. Yeah. yeah. They've all got some, they've all got hardness to them that is somewhat softened by the diastema. You think it softens somebody? I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> Can I smoke? You do what you want, mate. <laughs> you like Jonathan Richmond? I do, yeah. And so do I. Have you, seen, uh, have you seen the clip of him on Later with Jules in 1994? He's playing Now is Better Than Before. Oh, yeah, I would have seen that one. Oh, my God, it's great. All his clips are great. All of them are great, aren't they? Oh, and you've yeah. seen the one talking about Australian interviewers. You've seen Donnie. Have you seen when, when uh, Jonathan Richmond is on tour in the 70s with John Cale? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he sings uh, Jan Vermeer. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's good. He's such a cute guy. Look He's it up, listeners, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> He's so great, isn't he? Like, how would you? How, how did you get into him, and, and what were the things that really um, hooked you in with Jonathan? For me, it's kind of like I think I used to hang out when I was a young teenager with a couple older kids who worked at you know the cool record store in town, and there was a music festival happening three hours in another uh, away from our hometown in this other town. And uh, this is in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Edmonton, Calgary. There was this festival happening. They're like, oh, we got to see Jonathan Richmond. I was like, oh, and I figured it was going to be some kind of like you know. Scary, like cool, like you know, abstract, like I'm a cool record store guy kind of thing. So I was like, yeah, cool, cool. yeah, I'm down, you know. Um, and we got there, and it's like this guy, and he's so sweet, and he's just playing very simple setup with this little drummer Tommy, and, and the vibe that he puts off, and the way that he holds himself, and the way that he's been holding himself for like 40 years or something, uh, just kind of, I don't know, it was like, oh, okay, that's how you do a show, that's how you do it, you know, so. I don't know, just kind of gripped me as a young man. Mm. And I see him all the time playing at festivals and stuff now, which is pretty dope. Yeah. And he's, how old is he now? He must be sort of... He's getting up there, yeah, but he's, I think he keeps it clean, he's healthy. He was, my friend Greg actually was doing some uh, Tai Chi with him in a green room backstage area a couple of weeks ago. So he keeps it on point. You know? yeah. yeah. Good for him. Yeah, is he, but he's not totally... Is he completely teetotal or...? What's uh, teetotal? Like, uh, <laughs> do you know how that phrase is? Over the pond. So, teetotal means that um, you have a colostomy bag full of tea, and uh, it means you just no booze. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I think he's uh, yeah, straight as an arrow. Right. Yeah. Good old Jonathan. There you go, boss. And then, and were you into him like from the early days, Modern Lovers, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and then right the way through. Okay, give me, give me top three Jonathan Richmond songs, or a top three, like some of your favorites. Number one would probably be Just Beginning to Live. I don't even know what record it's off. Maybe it's off like a B side or something. Or something. Um, that one I love. Let's go. Uh, hey, Pablo Picasso. Mm. And we'll go for a classic. Roadrunner, why not? Stop it, stop Do you ever play Roadrunner? Do I? Yeah. Oh no, I don't know. I haven't done it before. Do but... it tonight. Do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you would think that there's not that much to it. It's two chords, isn't it? I love Jonathan Richmond. Me too.
the toilet. Take your time. Holiday time. Now, I am, I was talking to Laura about uh, kind of cultural differences. She's never been outside of Australia before. Now you're a well-traveled man. Yeah. Are there things that you still find jarring when you visit different countries and that you're surprised by? Is there anything that surprises you in the UK? I don't see it that much in the UK, but on this side of what you would call the pond, I guess the one thing that really still gets me is the shelf. The shelf? The shit shelf? What's that? <laughs> Those toilets in some parts of Europe where... <laughs> it's like there's a shelf in all your doo-doo <laughs> comes out and sits on the shelf right yes it's, it's like almost a... like an inspection table <laughs> yeah i think that's exactly what it is yeah because it's supposed to be part of uh good uh health maintenance practice to just pick to pick through your you don't have to pick through it okay. <laughs> but take a little look you really get the full um flavor yeah <laughs> see see what's going on in there see if there's anyone in there kind of dumping in the woods get yeah. them out give them a hand if they're in trouble and um did you we'll get off this fairly quickly because this is this is not uh fun it's not cute it's not cute it's not funny but I, it's it's my comfort zone <laughs> conversationally this is where i live and uh, did you ever, I feel okay asking this question because Van Morrison wrote a song about it, but did you ever have Threadworm? <laughs> I've never had it, one of my old band members had it once, yeah. I've had a plethora of other strange uh, ailments on, yeah. on, on the road. Actually, though. Van Morrison wrote a song about Ringworm. Ringworm, yeah. Oh, Doctor says I got Ringworm. You got Ringworm. That's a great album. <laughs> I love that. For those of you who don't know, that's an album that Van Morrison uh, recorded to try and get out of a contractual obligation. Yeah. He thought he was being ripped off by Zang Records. Got another song called Danish. How does Danish, Danish go? You want a Danish? No, oh, I just stayed. That's right, yeah. And big royalty check in the sky is another one. Yeah. waiting for that big royalty check in the sky. It's not coming. Still ain't coming. <laughs> Um, yeah, Threadworm. Um, the, first <laughs> the first time you have Threadworm and you see those little chaps waving at you, that's not a good, that's not a good time. No. I mean, as a youngster, I just thought, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm in a horror film. This is bad. Mom, Said, have you been with any dogs? <laughs> How do you mean? With... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, kissing dogs. It's probably a bit much to blame it on the dogs. I'm sure you can get threadworm from uh, other the shelf, stuff. probably. From the shelf. This is where this started. The shelf. Yeah. You just sort of said the shit shelf, as if I was supposed to know what the hell that was. There's got to be a proper term for it, but we, yeah, we just call it the shit shelf. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's another semi-related. I'm, I'm now relying on um, some questions that I created especially for you, I might add, okay. that I've grouped under the phrase pod quiz. Uh, <laughs> brilliant comedian Richard Herring would refer to these as emergency questions, uh, but they're, they're not um, his. I've created, I've created this one. He would insist that he created the concept of asking people questions. <laughs> um, but, so I've stolen that off him. What is the stupidest thing you've ever done? I'll give you some examples of stupid things I've done to put you in the right area. Okay. 
back in the day when CD-ROMs were a thing, and I used to love making CD compilations, right. I decided that the best thing to do would be to customize the actual disc. This was before you could print directly onto a CD, right? Mm -hmm. So I spray painted onto a CD-ROM. And then I wondered why it got stuck in the drive and ruined the computer. Right. Because the paint wasn't properly dry. Right. So I was pretty sad that day. And I, I thought, God, I'm stupid. I'll keep, I'll keep it to the theme that we're currently running on. Uh, you ever been to um, the Forbidden City in, in Beijing? No, man. I was there once. Forbidden. A couple of years ago. No, you can go. I mean, parts of it, yeah, but you can go. Check. You just cruised right in. Yeah. Cruised directly to the uh, public washroom, actually. Oh, yeah. And the person that was taking us around China hadn't mentioned that everybody carries their own toilet paper in China, or at least you should, because there is none. Really? Anywhere, yeah. And instead of using a sock or my underwear and leaving them there, <laughs> and nobody flushes the paper down there because the plumbing is, you know, so. Uh, okay. It's like our house. Let's just say I, I used some pre-used. And I became very, very ill. <laughs> what were you using it for? You didn't lick it. No, no. So there was just some lying around, was there? And you thought, oh, that one doesn't look so bad. Yeah. That's impressive. I didn't yeah. expect you to come back with something that good. <laughs> uh, have you ever licked the back of a metal ice tray? And then... Oh, you know what? Well, well, not an ice tray, but where I grew up, it gets extremely cold in the winter. So when you're a kid, it's kind of like, look at that doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well lick it. What is your feeling, Mac, about wheelie bags? Would you say, can I summarize it this way? Progress or no-gress? Wheelie bag is like a rollable, like rollable? Yeah, luggage with wheels on it. I don't fuck with that. Fuck. It's not for me. I mean, maybe it would make my life a lot easier, but now I'm a, I'm a duffel bag. Duffel bag. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't sling it over your shoulder or, God forbid, carry it with your hand, yeah. then you shouldn't be allowed to use it. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Fuck wheelie bags. Fuck wheelie bags. <laughs> Here and now. No more. We're not going to take it anymore. Because, like, when you're in a crowded airport or train station or something and everyone's walking slowly with the wheelie bags, they're taking up twice as much space because they're dragging the bag way behind them where two or three people could easily be occupying that space. Yeah, yeah. To say nothing of the noise <laughs> the little wheels mm, make. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could just... <laughs> It's reducing overall fitness That's of the true. populace. Yeah. Laziness. Laziness. Yeah. The uh, historical pavements are being destroyed. Man. Yeah. Cobblestones. Cobblestones that yeah. have been there for thousands of years, untroubled by the, the soles of human feet and footwear, are now having to deal with the hard wheels of luggage. Yeah. And Venice is being destroyed. It's a real problem. Yes, huge problem. Why no inflatable tires? That'd be nice. That'd Why be no cute. little pneumatic tires for the wheelie bags? Come on, guys. Guys. Um, to alleviate that situation, will you play another song for us? I could, yeah, sure. That would be great.
Tell us about this number, Mac. Let's see, which one should we do? We could do um, another love song or song about dogs. Which one do you want? Dogs. Dogs, okay. People love dogs. Yep. So this is a song about a figurative dog. Zip. I guess, yeah. It's called This Old Dog, okay. It's a new song. I, well, not so new now, but you know, newer than the other one. Anyway, yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. Sometimes my love may be put on Sometimes my heart may seem awful cold These times come, these times go As long as I live, all you need to know is This so dark about to forget all we've had and all that's next long as my heart beating in my chest this old dog ain't about to This is an advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics, and I don't want to stop. And I'd like to access your members area. And spend in your shop. 
these are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com slash Buxton for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code BUXTON to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. Continue. Welcome back, Podcats. Mac DeMarco there. I enjoyed meeting him very much indeed. He was charming, if somewhat enigmatic. It wasn't the right place to really pin him down about some of the uh, other things I would have liked to have talked to him about. And indeed, there were chunks of our conversation that just were inaudible uh, on the backup recording. I salvaged what I could. I would recommend, if you're interested in Mac DeMarco, um, listening to Mark Maron's interview with him. Actually, that was the way that I got into his stuff. I listened to that and I thought, hey, this guy sounds good. I like where he's coming from. And sure enough, his music's great. And of course, before that, you heard Laura Davis. She's brilliant. And I do recommend seeing her live. She's terrifically talented and charming and interesting and unusual. And thank you to both of them for being my guests. And thanks as well to the End of the Road Festival. They were very kind and uh, hospitable. I had a great weekend. I was there with my son and one of his friends and we got to see car seat headrest and Mac DeMarco, of course, and uh, real estate. Margaret Glasby, was she there that year? I think she may have been. Ty Siegel, that's still one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. If you ever get the chance, if you like quite intense rock and shouting and loudness, yep, Ty Siegel. This year's End of the Road Festival runs from Thursday the 30th of August to Sunday the 2nd of September and featured artists include St. Vincent, The O.C.'s, one of uh, Mark Riley's favourites. Mark Riley's DJing that weekend, I believe, at the festival. Vampire Weekend are playing Feist, Ezra Furman, uh, Yola Tengo and many, many more. There's also a live recording of podcast sensation The Bugle featuring Andy Zaltzman. He's also doing a stand-up set there. There's a lot of other great comedy that weekend as well. I do recommend End of the Road Festival. It's a nice, manageable, small size, very beautiful place and excellent, interesting music and comedy. So if you're able, do pay them a visit. I think you'll enjoy it. Before I go today, I will share with you the uh, sewage story. I mean, it's not an amazing... You can probably figure out what happens, right? There's some poo involved. And I appreciate that this has already been a fairly scatological podcast thematically. So, you know, I apologize. And I guess you could always switch off right now if that's not your speed. But uh, (laughs) it made me laugh anyway. My wife's sister was staying with us along with her boyfriend. And one day there was a knock on the door. And it was someone who lives in this village. It's quite a small village where we rent this house. And they said in French, I think there's a problem with your pipes. You better come and see. And sure enough, there was a problem with the pipes. I think one of them had broken or something had got blocked. And so a pipe from the back of the house was debouching. 
I learned this word because it was used quite a bit in the following days. The French word is déboucher, and you you can use an English word as well, debouch, which means to exit from a confined space. And so this pipe was debouching the plops of all the people staying at the house with us into the village square from quite a height as well. So it was very embarrassing, the process of going out. My my sister-in-law had to go out there and uh, just shovel everybody's turds into a bin liner before kind of shamefacedly returning to the house. It's not what you want at any time, and especially, I think, not on holiday. Since then, there have been many liaisons with uh, sewage engineers. It's been like Brazil a bit, you know, with Bob Hoskins. Anyway, there you go. That's a nice edifying note to end the podcast on this week. I'd like to say thanks very much indeed to Seamus Murphy Mitchell for his invaluable production support. Thanks so much to Matt Lamont for his edit whizbottery on this episode. Thanks to Acast for hosting this and other great, great podcasts. Do check out their platform and uh, see what else is there. There's lots of good stuff. I think they host Atletico Mints. They, they've got a lot of ones. They do Romish Ranganathan's Hip Hop Save My Life podcast as well, I believe. I've been listening to a lot of Atletico Mints over the summer. What else uh, can I recommend? I mean, I've been fairly unadventurous, actually just sticking with my usual ones. A to Z of David Bowie with Rob Hughes and Mark Riley talking about uh, all things related to Zainvid. Always enjoyable, very comforting, I find it, whenever a new episode comes out. Actually, I'll tell you, here's a good one that you may not have heard, is Caliphate. I've just started listening to that, but it's already very good. Very excellent, intelligent reporting about... The kind of people, uh, well, I think there's one specific guy that they tracked down and talked to who uh, was an American student and he went and he joined ISIS and um, did pretty awful things while he was with ISIS and then got out of ISIS and um, talks all about his experience there. It's quite extraordinary, unsettling but very well done. I would recommend that. Caliphate. I'll give you more recommendations when I come back later in the year. But till then, mid-October, take very good care. Rosie, in case you're worried, is uh, safely back in the UK. I've got some friends house-sitting with us and she's uh, being well looked after. I miss her, though. Can't wait to see her next week. And um, next time I'm with you in the podcast, uh, Rosie will be there too, I guarantee. All right. Take care, podcats. I love you. Now, will I do a loud one out here or are the French going to be weird about it? No, I'm going to go loud. Au revoir!